However you got here, you're currently listening to the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. Thanks for giving us a chance. If today's message speaks to you, encourages you, or just leaves you with questions, you can reach out to us at connect at perryhall.life. Okay, so let's get back into our God's financial plan. This is week three, part three. This is the final week that we're going to be talking about finances and uh, how God designed finances for us. And um, last week, if you remember, we talked about God's plan and the devil's plot or Satan's plot. Now, a plot is an evil plan, so to speak, for you. And the devil has a plan for you. And we see it in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, the devil, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's the plot that the devil has for you. Make no mistake. He wants to steal everything he can from you. He wants to steal your health. He wants to steal your finances, your job. Most of all, he wants to steal the word of God from you. So when God puts something in there, make sure that you don't try to reason it out for some reason. So his plan, his plot is to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's plan, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Not just abundantly, but more abundantly that, that uh, God wants for us. So that's his plan for your life. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. God's got a plan. Now, this brings us into part three in our final part is your choice. Your choice. You know, the devil's got a plot, God's got a plan, but it's your choice It's going to execute either one of them. So let's get into that for a little bit. We're still into the financial part of, the, of this series, and this is the final part, but understanding finances according to God's word, not according to someone's opinion, someone's idea. And a lot of times when you, when you talk about finances, some people feel like, well, you're crossing over the line a little bit. You know, we know how to, I know how to take care of my finances and all this. But God really does have a plan. And it's a good one. And he wants the best for you. If you continue to think about this, God wants the best for your life in all aspects right now. He wants the best. And not only that, he gives us instructions how to achieve that best for us. What a blessing it is that we all have choices to make. We have that, we have that free will, some people will say, to make choices. And sometimes we make wrong ones, but we have a choice to, to uh, execute God's plan or execute the devil's plot in our lives. Now, you know that the past two weeks, and this whole theme is about tithing. And tithing is 10% of your gross income. I know some people maybe squirm on that. We've seen it in scripture, we'll see it here again in a moment. 10%, what does that mean? You make $1,000 a week, $100 goes to your church. Okay, now I explained, I put all them things on it, the first service, uh, the first part of the series, so everybody would kind of be a little bit comfortable. But the point really is, is this is what God says. Now, he says about offerings, he says, well, you put that where you believe God is leading you to put it. Offerings, that's over and above your 10%. This is a, this is a little teaching here as well. So what can be an offering? It's still another ministry. 
It's to the kingdom of God. It's the work of the kingdom of God. Some people do give here offerings to Sammy and things like that. They mark it that way. But your tithe is not your offering. There's two separate things there. So let's pick it up again. And this has been our theme for these uh, past three sermons anyway in Malachi. This is, the, this is the tough one for people to understand. But let me just read it to you because it's not only in the old law, but it's before the old law and it's in the New Testament. God says this, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. This is what Jesus is saying. You're, you're robbing him. You're, you're a thief here. That's what, that's what he's saying here. That's what God is bringing out. Now you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Take a note there for a minute, okay? It doesn't say, and, I, and I'm now repeat myself, it doesn't say give your tithes. It says bring the tithes. See, the tithes, the 10% is God's. Matter of fact, 100% in your pocket, in your bank is God's, 100% of it. And he's saying, I want 10 back. I want 10% back. So we see it's his money. Now, let me keep going here. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The devourer is the one who's, who's taking your money from you, okay? You're, so many people are working and working and working. It can't seem like they get ahead there. There's a devourer so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the, in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So with, there's a whole lot right there. We covered it the past couple weeks, but I want to take note here. When we don't tithe, we're missing out on God's blessing. Okay, that's it. This is where you're robbing God from, from receiving the blessing. Now, in saying all that, let me say something else. 10% is holy. When you bring it to the Lord, the 90% becomes holy. When you don't bring it to the Lord, your 100% is cursed. Let me just put it out there like that. You're working hard for your money. You're, you're, you can't keep a job. You're moving to one thing or another. And it's like you don't, have enough, uh, you don't have enough paycheck at the end of the week, as they say. But there's a point that's taken place here. And this is God's financial plan. Now, again, we've seen this in the, in the law. We've seen it in the Old Testament. We've seen it before the law. We see it in the New Testament. We see where Jesus says it. You know, Old Testament tithing, it provided for the work of God. New Testament tithing does the same thing. It goes to the church, the storehouse. Back then it was the temple. Now, let me say something here. Think about this. If it was wrong in the law, it's still wrong. If it was right under the law, it's still right. Let me say something here. That thou shalt not murder, okay? That's in the law. We know that's wrong. And you know what? It's still wrong. It doesn't change. Many people try to change different things and try to say this and that just to kind of get out of, of, of bringing your ties to God. 
but it doesn't change. Now, let me tell you what has taken place in the world. It's one of the most stupidest things that take, has taken place in this world is what people know as defunding the police. That's, that's one of the craziest things that you ever hear. The devil is trying to defund the church and he's not going to do it. Now, whether we do it or not, you know, it's up to us. But the point really is, is it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you see, and I always stress this, and please try to do this. See with spiritual eyes what has taken place, whether it's in your personal life, in the world, you see it in the news. Try to see with what's going on in the spiritual realm. And God will, God will reveal these things to you. So, so I want to put a, a thought out there. Think about this for a minute. Jesus died for you. And you try to find a loophole not to give his tithe. Just think about that a little bit. There's a lot there. But we all try to find a loophole to save money or something like that. We'll give a waiter 15, 20%, hopefully more. Oh, they were a good waiter. They did really good. I'm going to give them an extra $10, extra 15 We won't hesitate to do that. But somehow or another, when it comes to God, well, don't, don't tell me what to do with my money. Oh, here goes the pastor again, you know, trying to get money. No, you're seeing here, and we, I hope we've seen here in the past three weeks now, that it's really about us. It's about God blessing us in, in our finances. But there's, a, there's also something that we can't think that, well, God's a vending machine and I'm going to give and I'm, I'm going to expect to receive. No, it's not that way. We'll see that in a minute. So disobedience cuts off God trying to do something in your life. God wants to bless us. He wants to release blessings on us. We've seen that in Malachi. Yes, it's Old Testament, but we, we still see it through the word of God. It's interesting when you look through the word of God and if you, and I, if I hope you've all, you read the Bible. And I hope that you read from Genesis to Revelation. Um, if you haven't read the Bible, start at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the New Testament. But you'll see threads weave through the word of God. And you'll see different things. And you begin to understand what God is trying to do. He's trying to cast out sin out of us. And he's trying to bring us to a holiness as, as we were saying last week. See, God's a generous God. He's a faithful God. He has given us some great principles in our finances. So let's move just a little bit past tithing now, okay? Because there's offerings. There's, there's a lot to be said about that. In Luke 6, 38, here's what scripture says. Give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, press down, Shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you put, same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, there's a whole lot there, and you can use that in so many different ways. And this is what's great about God's word. It's in context where you, it's in a whole story, and you got to keep it in the story. But so many verses can be pulled out, and you can just take that one verse. But here's the point that I want to say. Look what the scripture is saying. It's saying, give, and it will be given back. Many people want it first, 
but there's a law that takes place that it's up to us to give it. Give, and it will be given back. Then it says, good measure, God is promising you all these different things. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6 and 8, similar. It says, but I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is the word of God that we're seeing up here. This is the, the Bible. God has given you, um, uh, given us a teaching on how to handle our finances. He who sows, okay, that's the first guy. He's, he's sowing, and then you reap. Verse seven says, so let each one, of, each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, now God has turned it back onto our heart. Don't do it. Don't give any money if you're doing it, you know, grudgingly and, you know, uh, whatever I'm hearing this, I'm, I'm just going to give. No, God is looking at the heart. Remember, we'll say it at the end. God's looking at the heart and seeing how much you really trust him and how much you really obey in him. So it's from the heart that we're given. And it's from the heart that we're cheapskates. In verse eight, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This is a verse to meditate on. You wanna meditate on some Bible, meditate on something like this. Because again, God is for you. God's not trying to take all your money from you. Amen? Are, are we picking up? Are we getting this? Are we, hopefully we're getting some revelation here in the past three weeks. Hopefully God is speaking to you. 2 Corinthians 9. Look what this says here. Now may he, speaking of God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He who supplies seed to the sower. Look at that again. If you're not sowing, don't expect the supply line to keep coming. God is the one who's supplying the seed, if you will. Look at it this way. 1 John 1, 9. See how this law has taken place. If we confess our sins, if we do our part, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Many times you will hear from up here, you know, make sure you're right with God. And how do you get right with God? Well, first of all, you got to confess your sins to him. And he says, you do that and I'll do this. I'll forgive you your sins. And then we know in Revelation uh, 3.20, Jesus said, I knock at the door of your heart, is what he's saying. If you open up, I'll come in. And until you do that, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You may be religious, you may be a good person, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And these laws that are taking place, and we've been studying, it's not gonna happen for you. It's not gonna happen. You get saved first, and then you work in obedience with God. See, there's a God realm that's taking place here. There's a, there's a principle that's taking place. We know it is seed, time and harvest. The farmers would tell you that. And you know, throughout scripture, the farmers always 
used, if you will, or agriculture is always used in uh, the Bible for examples, because that was their money, that was their finances. Yeah, they had silver and gold, but for the most part, the common folk, they had, this is the way they, they, uh, they grew their finances. So when a farmer, when does he expect to harvest his plants? Or when does he expect to harvest his, his fruits or vegetables? After he plants the seed, when he waited, and it happened. After we get the seed from God, we plant it, and then something happens. See, money is a seed. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having money. And there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong is when money has you. That's what the Bible is really talking about. And it's a good test of the heart because that's, that's where, where our treasure is a lot of times is, is in our finances. We want to work harder. We want to we work harder so our family has a better life and all that. Meanwhile, your family's deteriorating because you're working three jobs and, and uh, you, know, you got yourself in this pinch uh, with that stuff. But in God's law, money, possessions, love, hate, all these things, we will reap. We will reap. Yeah, we can reap love when we give it. We can reap anger when we give it. We can, we can reap whatever we're sowing. So God is saying this. Don't be deceived. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. Whatever he sows, that's what he will reap. So whatever, I mean, maybe you're not sowing anything, so you're not gonna reap anything. You're gonna be working hard for, for the rest of your life, but we're seeing it right in the word of God. And not only that, but God, God is also keeping an eye on us. There's a story, in a, there's a parable in the Bible about three, three men getting money and one of them invests a lot, one of them puts in a bank and one of them just buries it, does nothing with it. And God says in, in Luke, Luke 16, Jesus says, give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be a steward. I'm just bringing this one little point out here. So we're, we're going to be held accountable for how we handle God's money in our pocket. You're going to be, you're going to be held accountable. See, the generous soul, scripture says, Proverbs 11, the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. All these principles, again, it's just weaved through the, through the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, it really is. And, and when we begin to see this, we can see, yeah, God really does care for us. First Thessalonians 5, here's a major key that takes place. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? Some people say thank you and they, don't, they can't even make eye contact with you. You know what I'm saying? A grateful heart, I'm telling you, it goes a long ways. When you give a heartfelt, man, I'm, thank you so much. Thank you. You know, it comes from the heart. Not just, hey, thanks, you know. Thanks for the Christmas card. That was really good, you know. But, you know, it's, it says here, everything we're to give thanks. So these are all keys, if you will. And I, I see a lot of times in people's lives, it's like this. Is there money their master or is it their servant? Is money your master 
or is it your servant? People can't even go away because they can't afford it. They can't go out to eat because they can't afford it because the money is telling them what to do. See, we need to give God an opportunity in a sense to bless us. It's like he needs something to work with. And, you know, we can talk about forgiveness. We can talk about all these different things. But it's like give God something to work with. And that's in an act of obedience, if you will. So many times we don't, we're missing out on something here. And it's like God is saying, you know, I'm trying to, but you're robbing me from a blessing. When God is a giver, he's the giver. In John 3, 16, I'm using the New Living Translation. I, I like using this from time to time. For this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved you. This is how God loves you, okay? We can say the world because we're all in the world. And he doesn't love somebody better than the other. He loves everybody. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son for you, for you. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. See what God has done? It's kind of like we think of, well, this is what God has done, but, but there's nothing greater he could have done for you. Tithing and giving is really a test of your heart. It's a test of your heart. It's a test of how much you really trust God. It's a test of how much you really obey God. He set it up that way. And let me say this, we don't give to get. Let me be really clear with you. Don't, you don't give to get because that's not the heart. That's not the heart that God wants us to give. Many people do do that. Well, let me give here and I'm gonna expect God to you know, give me a new car or pay for my car mortgage or whatever it may be. Things like that do, does happen, but we don't give to get. So I'm saying something here and I'm hoping that we have learned something as I begin to wind down that in your life, money is not the issue. Money's not the issue. The 10% that goes to your church, we know that's biblical. We know that offerings go elsewhere. Tithe and giving is very personal to God. And I think we know that. And in one sense, we control the blessings that God gives us. Many times it's like we got our fist tight and we're wanting God to bless us. God's saying, open up here a little bit. Or, you know, the, the, uh, the, the hose outside your house. You know, you squeeze the hose, water's going to come out. It's going to come from the supply line. It's going to go through the house and it's going to come out. The supply is going to keep coming until you release the handle. Then the water stops coming out of the nozzle and no more flow is coming. So we got to give something for God to work with. We got to give him something so it flows. And understand some things here. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says this, but remember that the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's God. <laughs> it's all God. Yeah, if you can see this whole loop that's taking place here, it's all coming from God. And it's kind of like, are we stopping the loop? The, he's the one that gave us this opportunity to, to make wealth, to make money. 
And I want to repeat this one more verse again, and then we're going to wrap it up. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, 9, 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, have abundance for every good work. Do you really trust that? Do you really say, you look at this verse, and again, you can just continue to meditate on it, may have an abundance for every good work. That sounds really good. Do you really believe it? You know, these verses, we got to let them soak in to our spirit. This is why we meditate on the word of God. We ponder on the word of God over and over and over again. And I tell you what, if you use this verse, it'll start coming alive to you. And you begin to realize, okay, I got to trust God. I got to trust God in every aspect of my life, not just in the finances, but in every aspect of my life. Because what's happening is your, your faith is continuing to get stronger and stronger as you meditate on God's word. We can see it at this time. We'll just wrap it up here. And I want to say this, and this is, uh, this is from the bottom of my heart as well. If this, these messages concern you, come up for the prayer team. They'll be on the left and right there. You may say, I don't tithe. I'm not a giver. But you want to because you've seen the word of God. Not because you heard it from me, but you've seen it for yourself. God's desire. And not only that, God's plan for our lives. Remember, choose God's plan. Don't choose the devil's plot to steal your money, to steal the word of God from you. And if you're not sure, if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, make it happen. The prayer teams will be here. We're very serious about that. I don't want you to leave this planet without having a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, thank you all again for, for your uh, fasting. Um, continue to seek God through your fasting. It's all about your relationship with God. Uh, it's powerful as we fast. Continue to do that. But thank you so much. I'm proud of this church that has taken this step. Just about everybody I talk to is fasting in one way or the other. So I say thank you for that, truly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for these past couple sermons. Uh, these, are, these are good sermons. They're, they're for you. They're not against you. They're to bless you. And I thank you for, for that as well. So let's pray. Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for each person here, each person who's viewing online as well, Lord. Father, I thank you for this time of fasting. And Lord, it's a, it's a refresher. It's a powerful uh, tool that you have given us, Lord. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we just continue to grow closer and closer to you. Lord, I pray for this topic of tithing. Lord, Father, that people would get it. They would just get it. They would understand it's your money and you trust them with it. Now you're, you're, you're asking them 10 back. And Lord, just to see our hearts, just to test our hearts. Lord, you want us to be givers. And you want us to be joyful givers. So, Father, I pray if, if some of our hearts are, we don't want to give, it's not right to give. Lord, just begin to change our hearts. And I thank you for that. Lord, we know you're in the heart business. We know you're in the, in the business of changing our hearts. And I thank you for that. Lord, again, I thank you for this church, each person here. I pray a blessing to be upon each and every one of us. Continue to guide and direct our lives as we continue to draw closer and closer to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for giving the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast a chance. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and if you want to know more, we've got everything you need at perryhall.life.